Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we're going to be looking in 2 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to be putting in verses 1 through um, 3. Now, chapter 1, remember, uh, Peter's been saying the most important thing you can, you can have, if you don't know anything else, know Jesus Christ. If you don't remember anything else, remember Jesus Christ. If there's a takeaway message, it's Jesus Christ. It's knowledge of Jesus Christ. If there's one life-changing thing, it's Jesus Christ. If there's one thing you can hang your head on, it's Jesus Christ. If there's one person you could say you know, say you know, you want to say you know Jesus Christ. If there's one thing with your life you can pursue, it's knowledge of Jesus Christ. If there's one thing that is obtainable, whether you're rich, poor, young, old, wherever you are, whatever your circumstances, it's a relationship. It's a love that comes from Jesus Christ. That's what uh, God's love is. It's a steadfast love. Psalm 42, 8 says, By day the Lord commands His steadfast love. Psalm 66, 20 said, Blessed be, blessed be God because He's not rejected my prayer or removed His steadfast love from me. Psalm 69, 13, But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Psalm 86.1 begins, Great is your steadfast love, a prayer of David. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. God's love for us is steadfast, and that love for us is personified in the, in the person. It is made personal through Jesus Christ. Peter was saying it is personal. It is pertinent. It is the most precious thing you have. And can have, and it is promised to you from God that you can partake in His divine nature. You can personify His divine nature 
just like Christ personified his divine nature. You can because you have Jesus Christ. You have his Holy Spirit. He's saying that's how important it is to put your uh, trust in God's word. You have the word of God given to you by the Son of God, and it's inside you by the Holy Spirit of God. So now, our, our personal Peter, our man of the people, the rock of the church, he was, he's telling you guys, he's telling me, he's telling all of us how important this is. It is the foundation of everything in your life. The presence or absence of Jesus Christ in your life is the pivot point in your life. It's the pressure point in your life. The presence or absence of Jesus Christ. So after he gets this set out in chapter 1, what is the first thing he does? He's trying to protect it now. He's trying to protect all the people. He's been telling you the most precious thing you've got. Now he's telling you to protect it. To protect it. It's so important. Verse two, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Now, we said this last time, too, yesterday. You know, in the Old Testament, what was the one of the worst things that happened all the time is you get all these false prophets, all these false prophets telling people, oh, don't worry, you know, God's not going to punish us, you know, or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. People trying to, you know, people would be swayed by these false prophets or kings would make their decision based on what these false prophets would do. It led the whole nation astray. False prom- false pro- prophets promising false promises. Remember, Peter just got through saying that these promises are true. They're precious. They're pertinent. They're personal. It's interesting that everything starts with a P. But these false prophets were a plague on the people in the Old Testament. And now what's happening? You don't need any more false prophets because Jesus has already settled all this. He fulfilled all these prophecies. The only prophecy really yet to be fulfilled is the returning of Christ. And he was the one that told everybody he's coming back. Of course, all the a lot of the Old Testament prophets were looking forward to the day of the Lord. That's really prophecy. That's talking about Jesus Christ. They've been prophesying about Jesus Christ coming in the Old Testament and his second coming also in the Old Testament. But Peter is saying, you know, these false, the the new kind of false uh, nature is going to be in the false teachers. Now, these false teachers are going to take this information that Jesus laid down, and they're going to twist it, and they're going to add to it, they're going to delete it, they're going to make it more palatable for people. They're going to make it their own message so that they can sort of glorify themselves a little bit more, or maybe a lot more. But Peter is warning folks that there are going to be false teachers who will secretly bring in destructive heresies 
even denying the Master, even denying Jesus Christ, who bought them. Jesus Christ bought all of us with His own blood, His own sacrifice. He bought us, in other words, He paid the debt for our sins with His own sacrifice. So, Peter is saying there's going to be some false teachers who are going to be in things that are going to be very destructive, destructive to the body of Christ. He's going to, he's going to lead so many, they're going to lead so many people astray. And they're, they're even, a lot of these folks are even going to be denying what Jesus did, or maybe denying the power that Jesus has. And, you know, McGee says, um, you know, that doesn't mean ministers who just are trying the best they can to teach and they just have maybe some things wrong or some, or, you know, maybe they're reading the scriptures wrong. That's not saying that. But what it is saying is there's going to be people who, who, who read it all, who understand it all, but who deny it. Don't believe it. Don't teach it that way because they really don't believe it in their hearts. Maybe they really don't believe Jesus can change lives. And then they say, well, that's okay. Just do what you think is right. They deny God's morality, what's right and what's wrong. Oh, you know, we're, you know, abortion's probably going to be okay. If you believe in your heart, it's really not a baby. It's probably going to be okay. It's okay to you know, get a divorce or, you know, as long as both of you agree on it and, you know, pray about it and feel good about it, you know, it's, that's okay. It's funny how people just water down God's words, things that, things that mean something. So when they deny God's words, they deny God. When they deny Jesus Christ's death on the cross, they're denying God. They're denying the gospel. And so he's saying, you've got to be aware of these false teachers. Bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Verse 2, and many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That was John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way of truth. And so Peter is talking about the way of truth here. The way of truth, that's Jesus Christ. There's only one way. There's only one way to respond to the gospel message. So because of these false teachers, they're going to water down Jesus Christ's teaching. They're going to water down the gospel message. They're going to water down God's Word. And because of that, they're watering down. If you water down somebody's Word, you water them down. You're slandering them. Verse 3, And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Why are they going to do this? Because they have greed in their hearts. They have pride in their hearts. Their hearts are centered on themselves. They're not centered on, on God. 
If they were centered on God, they would be centered on God's Word. But they're not centered on God. They're centered on themselves. And because they're centered on themselves, they're centered on what they want. Or they're centered on what they don't have, but what they want. And the way to get what they want is to continue to think about themselves rather than the selflessness that comes from putting God's priorities first. God says He, he wanted all of our hurts, not just a little bit. He wants it all. He wants to be number one in our hearts. That's a, he wants a sacrifice of a, of a sincere heart, of a repentant heart. How can a heart repent if it only repents 50%? Is that a repentant heart? How can a heart repent if it's 99% repentant? But, you know, just we'll keep a little bit of my heart on myself. That's not a repentant heart. I think sometimes McGee makes the point, too, that that it's probably one of the um, big... Um, Fallacies, maybe I don't know if that's the right word, but but um, misconceptions or fallacies or sort of um, things in the church today is that people go to church all the time. They dress up in their in their church clothes, or they or they go to worship, or how, whatever they do. But they're really not repentant in their hearts. And they go in and they, they sing songs and they talk and shake hands and feel good about themselves. And then they, they go home and <clears throat> their hearts still aren't centered on Christ. Their hearts aren't repentant. That's because they are still hung up with their own prides and they don't want to let go. Maybe of things in their life that they are greedy for that they love, that they lust after. You can lust after sensual things, immoral things of the flesh. You can lust after money. You can lust after power, prestige. You can lust after popularity. You can lust after, you know, um, so many things. False words. They, in their greed, will exploit you with false words. Now, what does that mean? How can you exploit somebody by the words that you use? Well, what you're doing is you're using false words to change people's hearts. And when you change people's hearts, you're exploiting them. You're exploiting them with words that really don't have any meaning. People can come in and teach and, and say, Oh, if you want to be a better person, do this, this, and this. If you want to do a better person, you don't have to do this, this, and this. Being a better person, being a better Christian is really being a better person. God says, no, there's no better person. We're all sinners, hopelessly lost in sin. It's only through our relationship with Jesus Christ that we become holy and godlike. It's not anything we do. He's done it all for us. So these false words... And uh, McGee said, you know, when you look up the word um, false, is, it is used here. It comes from the Greek word plastos. And that's where we get the word plastic that comes from. And plastic means, this plastos word means fabricated words. So people are using fabricated words. They're using plastic words that sound real good. 
but don't mean anything. McGee says these teachers are using the same vocabulary words, maybe that the Christians did, but maybe not the same dictionary. They sound the same, but their meaning is not the same. And when you do that, when, you, when you're using all these false words to try to sway people's hearts in different directions to make yourself feel better, you're exploiting them. You're exploiting their hearts. You're exploiting their emotions. You're exploiting their relationship with the Lord from your position as a teacher, doing it for your own self-interest. Peter says, watch out for that. Be careful. There's only one way, one truth, one life. That's Jesus Christ. And so we have this big contrast here between the most precious thing you can own in chapter 1. That's the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Knowledge comes from His Word. And now, look how we contrast that with man's Word. False, plastic words that don't mean anything. God's Word mean everything. They're eternal. Man's words are plastic, false, made up. And you've got to be careful because when teachers come teaching God's Word, that's where the truth, you know that's the truth. But if teachers come and teaching their own words, it may sound like God's words. But be careful. Understand that you can be exploited by false teachers. So that's our our uh, that's where we stop for today. So now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great, and I'm just praying that you guys are staying safe. But also, I pray for all of you that you keep your hearts always centered on Christ. So for me to all of you, God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 to verse 3. So far, we have seen the addition of Christian graces gives assurance as we grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we saw, um, you know, as a child of God, um, you know, we grow uh, in the knowledge and um in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we attain that um, knowledge, um, as we had stated, that's um, epigenosis, that super knowledge. Once we have that super knowledge in our Lord Jesus Christ, and, you know, we, we, we grow in our attributes. They just don't come um, suddenly. You know, the attributes that Simon Peter pointed out, that was uh, faith, which is the basis of our salvation. Then there's the, the epigenosis, that's knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have the virtue, the courage to actually stand up and speak up for God. If we have that um, super knowledge, then there's long suffering. Then there's um, love for our brethren. So those are some of the attributes that um, Simon Peter pointed out. And, you know, when we grow um, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, it gives us an assurance, you know, an assurance in that, um, you know, for eternity, you know, that blessed hope that we look forward to. And then we also saw the authority of the scriptures, you know, they are tested by fulfilled prophecy. So here, you know, for those who question um, the authenticity, the authority of um, the scriptures, you know, 
um, you know, they are tested by fulfilled prophecy because prophecy has been fulfilled and this is um, the sure word of God. And now here we are looking at apostasy brought in by false teachers. So we saw last time that we have a more sure word of prophecy that's more reliable than our eyes and our ears. You know, plenty times, you know, we go to other people, like when we see or hear something, we're even like, you will not believe what I just saw or what I just heard. So, um, you know, in as much as our ears and eyes are not reliable, the word of God, uh, the word of prophecy you know, gives us that assurance, like it's it's the sure word of God, because most of the things, um, most of the prophecies have been fulfilled, the Old Testament prophecies. So God said to us, we are to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, hence us saying, you won't believe what I just saw. So we ought to walk by faith and we have that faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. After all, we can't trust our own eyes nor our ears, but we can rest upon God's word and the proof that this is God's word is the fact that, um, you know, prophecy has been fulfilled. You know, over one third of scripture was prophetic. One third of scripture was prophetic and it was fulfilled. So when it was first written, it's not to be, tre- you know, um, it's, it's not to be treated um, as speculation or superstition, you know, or as, you know, tales that people tell, you know, it's, um, you know, as it's to be treated as a great deal of it. It's to be treated like, uh, you know, not as superstition, as I said, or, 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 uh, speculation because a great deal of it has actually been fulfilled. Um, every 21 verses of scripture is actually, uh, prophetic and it's fulfilled prophecy. And, um, this is proof of the accuracy of scripture, you know, fulfilled prophecy. So we have a more sure word of prophecy. Peter had actually said this uh, when we were in chapter one of um, the book of Second Peter. So one fourth of prophecy is actually fulfilled, meaning that is um, one fourth of one third of the Bible is actually fulfilled. And, you know, man can't guess this accurately because, you know, some people go about saying this book was just written by man and all. And trust me, you know, to the, according to, 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 you know, to historic facts, man can't guess that this accurately because there are 330 prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Christ's first coming. And they were all literally fulfilled. And man just can't guess that right. He can't just be that accurate because like, um, I can give you an example, like at work, where I work, I work for a hotel. You know, um, we have our revenue manager who gives um, the focus of next month's, um, you know, the number of guests that we're going to have in-house. She gives a focus of uh, what, you know, like on room revenue. She gives a focus on um, um, how much food and drinks is, are going to be consumed. This is just all focus based on, you know, historic figures from last year, that very month. Um, but since this, you know, it's not that it's accurate, like that's what's going to happen if we're going to receive like, you know, 1000, you know, room nights for, you know, the month of June, because last, last year there was like, um, you know, 900 room nights because that's just a focus. That's not like an accurate picture of what's going to happen. So, um, or if you get like the weatherman, you know, when you tune into the weather channel or like, you know, when there's the weather, uh, clip snippet, um, during the news, um, 
you know, the weatherman stands up there and says, oh, tomorrow there's a slight chance, you know, of a few, uh, uh, it's going to be cloudy to cloudy and there's a few, there's a chance of, you know, thunderstorms and, you know, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit chilly and all, you know, they give all these predictions and focus. They just do, they don't say for sure, like it's going to rain or it's going to be cold or this and that. And the following day, boom, the sun is out bright and sunny. So, um, you know, this just shows man is not, um, on point. It's not accurate compared to like, um, you know, scripture. So for those who question, like, is this the word of God? It is the word of God because we have a more sure word of prophecy because I mean, there's 330 prophecies in the old Testament concerning Christ's coming. And that was literally fulfilled. So on this basis, Simon Peter here says in, um, second Peter, Chapter 2, verse 1, it reads, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. So, you know, they were true prophets who actually prophesied in that day, and they were also false prophets among the people. And um, that's the people um, in Israel at that particular time. So at that time, Ahab and jo Jehoshaphat went out against, you know, Assyria. So they called in the false prophets. They called in like, you know, over a hundred false prophets of Baal. And um, they actually, the prophets, they actually urged Ahab to go and, um, you know, into battle with, um, Assyria and, you know, Jehoshaphat saw this, like he saw through them and he saw this and, uh, he, he saw that, you know, they were not actually getting, um, the message, like the message that these prophets were giving, uh, Ahab was not coming from God. And he actually asked if, you know, they actually had a true prophet of God and Ahab, you know, Ahab said, yes, um, I keep him in prison because he never says anything good about me. And, you know, we have lots of folk today who don't like an honest preacher at all. You know, unless he actually says, you know, some something nice about them all the time. That's when they will actually praise him. Oh, he's a good preacher and all. And this was, um, you know, the case with Ahab and the prophet um, uh, Micaiah told him the truth that if he goes to battle, he will be slain. And Ahab turned to Jehoshaphat and said, see, he never says anything good about me. And Ahab didn't listen. And he was actually slain just as um, Micaiah had actually said would happen. So if, Joseph had, uh, if Ahab sorry, had actually just listened to Micaiah, you know, he wouldn't have been slain. So Peter says here, but they were false prophets among the people right? That's in verse two. Let me just read that. He says, but they were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among, um, you, among you. So here, um, the people that he's talking about here, that, that there were false prophets among the people were the people of Israel. And, you know, he also says there are false teachers amongst you. So the false teachers is what the church is to be aware of today. So we, you know, he, he, he went beyond into the future. So that was Simon Peter when he says, um, 
they are also teachers amongst you. They're also false teachers amongst you. So we don't need to actually pay attention, you know, as a church, as a child of God, we don't need to pay attention to false prophets as, you know, he's actually going to be out of business the minute um, that, you know, you actually get around to the fulfillment of, you know, his fake prophecy. Um, Just like today, you know, when I got off work, I got a call from, you know, our house help. She called me and she says, oh, hey, um, you know, Mutale, I'm here home and I'm talking to the neighbors and they're saying, you know, tomorrow, you know, um, there's something going on. Like um, there's going to be three days of blackout the entire world. I'm just like, oh, wow. Where did you hear that from? You know, obviously, um, she probably heard it from, um, you know, some crazy person came up with that idea and and uh, some crazy person from church says oh hey you know we're gonna have three days of a uh, total blackout of the entire earth i'm thinking okay you know what let's just wait and see what happens tomorrow to actually prove um you know whatever um your church folk or your your prophets um is actually saying so um false teachers false teachers are very dangerous today and, you know, a false teacher, um, you know, Dr. Jeeva McGee defined a false teacher. And uh, he said a false teacher is one who knows the truth, but deliberately teaches lies, you know, for some selfish reasons, some purpose, either, you know, to please people um, or, you know, for, for money or for fame. And, you know, we have many false teachers who teach what people want them to say because we have itching ears and some of them know what the truth is you know some of these teachers they actually know what the truth is they just deliberately do it because they want you know people we have itching ears you know you're living a sinful life you know you're living um you know um you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. You're living in sin. You know, your business is not straightforward, but because you actually are like a major contributor at your church and the preacher will go on and, oh, you know, praise you and, and um, say all the nice things about you. So a man that, um, you know, that does it ignorantly is not a false teacher because, you know, there has been some people in, you know, uh, back in the days who've actually um you know talk you know taught uh wrong doctrine and that's just not accurate um so if they do it ignorantly you know they're not false teachers as you know they believe they actually believe that that particular time that they are teaching the truth so a false teacher knows what he is actually doing you know these are the con men and he does it deliberately and um peter here like i said he puts it out in the future even there will be you know, here as he says it um, in um, verse 1, he says, but there are also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers amongst you. So here he said, he puts it into the future because this would actually be go beyond his death. And it did go beyond his death. If you look at it now, you know, the apostasy that's around right now is... Um, is much, much more than um, in the time of um, Simon Peter. So we have Jude who also covers the same ground. And, um, you know, we have some critics. They have said one copied from the other. But as Christians, we ought to take note that when God wants to actually emphasize something, to pay attention to something, he actually says it twice. You know, he had said, verily, verily, I say unto you. He would have just said one verily, as Dr. J.B. McGee put it. 
but he said verily verily so you know he wants us to pay attention to the message that he's actually putting out so the thing that actually identifies them you know um is um that you know they actually deny the lord these false teachers they deny the lord that brought that bought them and you know as scripture reads here um there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction so in this verse we have a very good definition of false teachers we had given a definition you know they they deliberately give out false information so they are bringing upon themselves um, uh, swift destruction so um they will appear in you know in the church as church members and the church um you know as church members of the church and they will actually claim to be uh christians and work secretly this is what they do they work secretly undercover um and they are just hypocrites so they have some true doctrine um a lot of cults actually they this is how they lure people in because they have um you know certain true doctrine that's what they use as bait to bait people and most you know most if not all cults they have some truth in it and this is what makes it very dangerous you know it it would be better if it was just all false like absolutely false and just you know a lie but they have an element of truth in it and um they will actually quote scripture and all and um you know say that they would actually speak the same language as you know a true man of god but you know we, they don't have the same dictionary so um and these teachers actually believe um some things that are true because they have an element of truth and the lord actually identified them as wolves in sheep's skin so the lord made it clear when he gave a picture of the condition of the kingdom after his rejection and crucifixion and resurrection he would not establish his kingdom here then but the kingdom of heaven would be like a mustard tree a saw um and like leaven so leaven has that's the, the evil the lies the the fake rituals the leaven um has actually gotten um in in the bread today and the bread is the word of god so you know they have an element of truth but they put in fake doctrine and leaven is the false teachings and the doctrines that actually goes out so you know as christians we ought to be vigilant we ought to be you know alert and you know differentiate like this is not this is not right so the false teachers they do this for you know for purpose they do it for a reason you know they do it because of money they do it because of fame they do it because of i don't know popularity so verse 2 goes on to read um and many will follow their destructive ways so here destructive ways in other translations it says um the per pernicious you know perniciousness so and many will follow their pernicious ways so they are pernicious the false followers will go after false teachers so god's elect cannot be permanently deceived maybe for a while 
because you know these people are tricksters they use all these and that's why they're dangerous because they have an element of truth in it you know you believe them you fall for them for a certain a certain while but if you're a child of god and you know you have that super knowledge you have those attributes of a christian you know you cannot be fooled for a while you cannot be sorry you cannot be deceived um for permanently so god permits a lot of cults and isms nowadays um in order to draw away that which is false because those that are you know fake will go after false teachers and doctrines those people who are just oh they're you know holier than thou saints they'll like because i'm holy you know i have to do this and that you know those who want to actually do it for show those who are just busy as termites and and um, this is what Paul had actually said, uh, Paul the Apostle had said, you know, would actually take place um, in the book of um, 1 Corinthians um, 11, chapter 11, verse 19. And let me just quickly turn there. And it reads, For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved by may be recognized among you. So, in other words, you know, the gen, a genuine, the genuine child of God won't go in that direction at all. You know, you actually sniff it out. You tell like this, something very wrong. So the Lord Jesus Christ said, "My sheep will hear my voice, and they won't follow a false one." So you will know. You know, if you are following and reading God's word, you will know. You will follow um, His voice. You will follow the Lord's voice. Verse 3 um, of Second Peter um, chapter 2 goes on to read, But by covetousness, uh, sorry, um, did I read verse 2? Yeah, I think I read. He says, and many will follow their destructive ways, yeah, because of whom they, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. So, um, you know, many of them, like a false, uh, a, a false, a false person will follow a false teacher. So verse three goes on to read, um, by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. So here they use deceptive words. They are false teachers. And today that can be, you know, shape, you know, and, and today that can actually, um, be shaped by the people that um, they actually serve. I mean, like if the congregation has itching ears and they just want a preacher to preach what they want to hear, that's what they're going to do. You know, they're going to use deceptive words. So they say what the congregation wants to actually hear. And they do this because of covetousness. And covetousness is a form of idolatry. So um, let me just continue reading. It says... For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. So, you know, they, they will convince you. They will, they will put in that living in the bread, you know, the word of God. They'll come up with the word of God and just say, it, uh, like, preach. And, and, and they're going to put in the fake and false, false doctrine. So covetousness, and they do this because they want to be loved. They want to be popular and, you know. And because of money. So today they use fake, you know, or plastic. They are plastic. Like, we, we know, we call 
fake people like oh she's plastic and all so they use fake or plastic words they say one thing but actually mean another thing you know they can go about and just like go out and preach and you know they would quote like one verse here and and that's it but you know they're just not dwelling on the entire word of god so um they say one thing and they actually mean another thing so they do it for money for fame for popularity they do it for so many things and today the average church member doesn't know the gospel when he actually hears it or when he doesn't hear it and that's the problem that's why people follow blindly because you know people do not want to study the entire word of god they want to pick out verses and you know misinterpret them misquote them and all so you know you won't know what hits you even if it hits you um so you know the average christian you know as long as you don't study the word of god you won't gain knowledge about the lord jesus christ you won't know jesus christ and you won't even know whether the gospel it's the true gospel that's being read that you're hearing or you know whether it's it's fake so let us grow in the knowledge of christ and not get deceived as christians you know by false teachers let us check of um you know, let us make a habit of checking, you know, God's word. You know, someone says something that mm, you're in doubt of, you know, you have the Bible. Uh, let us check, you know, God's word and what, uh, let us also check these teachers, what they're actually preaching. And let us check these preachers out, what they're telling us, what they're preaching to us. We should examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith or not. You know, are we in the faith? Are we understanding what we're actually reading? Are we get gaining that super knowledge, the Holy Spirit indwelling in us and making the word of God real to us? You know, for us to actually know if we're in the faith, and I wrote this in capital letters, study God's word and don't get lied to. Don't fall for anything. You know, as the saying goes, if you fall for anything, you will stand for nothing. So this has been uh, today's teaching very good message <clears throat> i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did you know have a pleasant day stay safe stay home and um you know see you tomorrow god bless you bye bye